Welcome to the Must Love Self Podcast. My name is Carly Israel, and I'm your host. Every week, I get to interview a beautiful, courageous, strong woman who is willing to share her ugly and beautiful with the world. Must Love Self is a podcast, a movement, and a decision. It is about women lifting other women up, women holding each other women accountable, and women finding their way along this path. I hope you enjoy. La, 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 la. I have Barbara Scout. She's calling in from the Netherlands and she's a transformation coach. I like when women tell us who they are from their own words. Tell us a little bit about you. I am a transformation coach for people who have always felt like they are weird or strange or like they don't fit into this world, but who have spent most of their life trying to please others and losing sight or touch with who they really are. And as a result, feel unhappy with their current reality and I help them to be who they were always meant to be so that they can do what they love doing most and I give them a crystal clear vision of what is really important to them in their life and then I give them a step-by-step action plan on how to turn that vision into their new reality. I love that so much and I think it's so important to highlight that you said those two things. You have to know what you want and you have to do the action. You can't just make this dream. But if you don't take the action, it's just this idea that nothing happens with. And I, I think that's one of my biggest fears as a human is to die with my dreams is to sit on the porch in my late eighties, God willing nineties and be remorseful and regretful, not at the things I did, but at the things I didn't do. So that's pretty much what drives my life today. I wanted to ask you why you said yes to this conversation. Because I found what you were writing very inspirational and it felt like I was reading or listening to a kindred spirit and I thought, yes, it would be perfect to talk with you, to talk about what I do, what you do. And I I felt already a click without having even met you in person. I feel the same way already from just us chatting for a few minutes. Do you mind if I ask you how old you are? No, you can always ask. (laughs) I'm 40. And then have you ever had issues with your age in your own mind? Or have you ever been around women that have not wanted to talk about their age? Well, I don't feel my age. So I have a problem in the sense that for the longest time, when people ask me, how old are you? I I said 32. (laughs) And I've now moved on to 35. But still, you know, I don't feel my actual age. And I don't look my actual age. I don't act my actual age. And that sometimes poses problems and this because also what I went through in my childhood I had an abusive dad so I was forced to be an adult at a very young age and I basically skipped my teens and my adolescency and I found myself to be like a giggling teenager when I was around 30 and going through all the things that you normally go through when you're 17 but I was 29 that was an experience, so to say. And, but it also means that every time somebody asks you, do you want to have children? I, I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not ready for that, you know, maybe, maybe later. But now you come to this age where you cannot say maybe later because age-wise, you know, it's, it's now or probably never. But in my mind, I'm still barely out of my teens. That's how it feels. Connect. There's something so interesting about what you just said. I'm learning so much 
with each woman I interview. And it, what it does is it, it takes a little piece of myself that was broken and starts to heal it like that beautiful Asian idea where the China is cracked and they take it and they put it back with the gold. I love that concept. Every time I talk to a woman, I feel some sort of connection with each other from the, the challenges we had. And what I want to start identifying for all of us First, obviously, that I keep learning is we have to stop talking about each other's bodies. We have to stop talking about what each other is doing with their life, how they're living their life. But that question, do you want to have children, is so loaded. You have Mm -hmm. no idea what that woman has been through. And because our society sets up this expectation of how our life should look, when you ask a woman, regardless of her age, if she plans to have children or wants to have children, that could be one of the most painful things you could possibly say to her. And I think that we as an entire gender need to stop doing that. Mm -hmm. It's no one's business. No. So I want to ask you if you wouldn't mind, I always do this with all of my ladies is I want us to give a rating of ourselves currently in terms of our inner voice. So Mm -hmm. one is our inner voice is loud and, and not nice. 10 is either our inner voice is not loud or is not like constantly chewing on us. It's like it's behaving or it's not being mean. So I want to know where you are today in terms of your inner voice with your own image of your body. I would say a nine and a half. That's awesome. Yes. What is the lowest it's ever been? Oh, I think two. And what time period was that? In the period when I was extremely, extremely unhappy and extremely alone and I didn't see a way out and I was not the size I wanted to be. I was not in the relationship I wanted to be. I was not uh, in any, in the job I wanted to be. None of things in my life made sense or were where I wanted to be. And as a result, everything wasn't what I wanted it to be. And then it's very hard to not be um, criticizing yourself. It is so true. That's what it is. It's this voice that is picking on us. And it's hard enough when you think about it. I mean, we all logically understand that our inner voice, it's, it doesn't make any sense. But when you think about it, you're already struggling in your, jo- in your job, in your relationship, in your body stuff. And then not only that, then you have this voice within you that is like picking on you. And I've recently had this conversation with this woman that changed my life about the inner voice. And she said this, and I just want to kind of throw it out there for you to marinate on it. She's 77 and she said she's best friends with her inner voice. And so when she first said that, my eyes kind of rolled in the back of my head. And I thought to myself, she must mean that she had to like get to a place where she's like, okay with it. And she's like, they're friendly since it's not going away. But then she went on to explain this and this changed my concept of it. She said that her inner voice doesn't know what time it is or the date or the year. And its only job is to do one thing. And that is to come from a place of shame and guilt and protect us. And I was like, what? And she said, tell me some of the things your inner voice says. And so some of the things my inner voice would say is that I'm always going to be alone. And the reason my inner voice would say that or don't trust anyone, they're all, you know, they're all going to hurt you. That's a big one for me. Mm. My inner voice says that because my inner voice was with me when I was little. And when I was in my younger ages, when I was with people and watched me get hurt And my inner voice is like a parent that doesn't know how to successfully communicate with their kid, but also loves them and doesn't want them to get hurt again. So it's mean by trying to pull me back from doing the things again that could potentially hurt me. Mm -hmm. It doesn't know 
how old I am today. It doesn't know what I'm capable of doing. And it's just trying to discourage me from doing anything new that could potentially hurt me. And when I thought of this, I was like, wow, because it really doesn't know that. And when I think about all the things that it tries to get me to not do, it's trying to protect me, but it doesn't feel like that. It feels mean. Can you see any of that for yourself? Well, what you're saying and what she said is mostly true. The inner voice comes from the time when we were all cavemen and cavewomen, and its only job is to protect us. So it doesn't necessarily come from a place of shame or guilt, but it has one purpose, and that is to protect us. That is its job, and it takes its job very seriously. And when we were cavemen and women, its job was to make us aware of the fact that we are not a lion, so that we would not sleep next to a lion, because then we would be his breakfast. Mm -hmm. Or to make us aware that these berries are poisonous and that berries we can eat. Or this waterhole, no crocodiles live and they will not bite your head off and it's safe, there's no disease in the water and we can drink it. So that was the design, the, the function of our inner voice to keep us safe. But nowadays, lions are in the zoo. All the water in the supermarket is drinkable. Usually all the water from your faucet is drinkable. And all the berries in the supermarket we can also eat. The original function of the inner voice has been taken away. So what happens now is that the function of the inner voice now comes to the psyche instead of the physical. And that is where the comfort zone where a lot of people like to talk about comes in so now it's uh, the job of the inner voice to keep us safe and to protect us from harm if we want to do something we've never done before even if it's healthy like eating healthier exercising more meditating every day you know it doesn't discriminate between good change and bad change you know change for the inner voice is the same as danger because mm -hmm. change is unknown it's unfamiliar. So you don't know if the boogeyman is lurking around the corner. You just don't know. So in order to protect us, to keep us safe, the inner voice is telling us things to stop going out of our comfort zone. And it tells us whatever it needs to tell us to stop going out of your comfort zone. So it's not being mean, it's being overly protective. And it doesn't recognize when it should be protective and when it shouldn't be protective because yeah, it's, its original function is no longer there. So it's, it's now with the comfort zone and with the psyche. And if you are trying to meditate every day, that's still unknown because you're changing into something or you're doing things that are unknown that could be potentially incredibly dangerous. So it's my job to protect you from danger. So I'm going to make you forget that you want to meditate every day. And then you will stop doing it. And then everything will go back to the familiar. What I know, where I know I can protect you when I know you're safe. You might be miserable. You might be incredibly hurt. You might be deeply, deeply alone or, or whatever you're feeling, but you're safe. That's safe. so interesting the way that you said that. First, I want to ask you, what is your rating for your worth today? I would say also a nine or a nine and a half. And what's the lowest it's been? Well, <laughs> sub-zero. Okay. <laughs> And when was that? Even three weeks ago. During this breakup? Yes, because it catapulted me um, in, into another dark night of the soul where, mm -hmm. and it was not just the breakup, it was a, uh, also friendships breaking up and um, trouble with the business at that moment. So it was a lot of things that came together and they propelled me into another dark night of the soul in which I needed to let go of old patterns and needed to learn a lesson and heal parts in myself. And I would not have entered into that phase if this had not happened with him. 
And I needed to be in that phase in order to grow in my business, to grow as a coach, to grow as a person and to step into what I came here to do. So in the end, it turned out to be a blessing in disguise. But at the moment that it's happening, it feels like shit. (laughs) I ended up struggling with why am I living? Yes. What am I doing it for? And do I even want to continue doing it? I've been there. I've been there. And one of the best, the best gift I've ever been given is I tried taking my own life when I was 19 and I didn't get what I wanted. Thank God. And I've had these moments along the way where I just see things that have come together. And I think to myself, I almost missed all of this. And a question I want to ask you, because you mentioned, you know, whether he comes back or not, where are you in terms of your worth if he does come back? And would you want to be with someone who at one time did not choose you? Well, that all depends on the person that he is presenting when he comes back, you know. And the person you become. He has never had a relationship before and he had been studying. He did his master's, his bachelor's and his PhD. So he was very inexperienced and he came from a very different culture with his baggage in his upbringing from a very traditional family. And that was his world. That was all he knew. So I knew it was not personal. It's just he was being pressured by his family and... Um, they knew all the buttons to push and I didn't want to pressure him. So yeah, that's, that's one side of the story. And the other side is everybody is entitled to make mistakes and everybody needs to get the room to grow. So if he comes back and he has shown me that he has grown as a person, that he finally stepped into adulthood instead of being stuck in adolescence, because that's what was happening. And he can show me his growth, then why not? You know, there is this deep connection and I can see, and that's, I think my most special gift. I can see who people really are. I a hundred percent agree with you because the fact that you just said what you did, which I think is beautiful and aspirational, knowing my past and knowing my childhood and knowing my issues with trust, that once that happened, I'm just like, well, I was like that before. <laughs> I'm like, actors. tumor cut out. Gave him a lot of room to grow and to make mistakes without that meaning the end of our relationship. And I could see, I can see in him, but I can see in everybody, the best version of the person. And that doesn't mean that that version ever comes out. It could also be, and I'm prepared also for that. A lot of people wear masks and hide behind a persona that they think will be accepted by the outside world, a persona that they have created for themselves in order to survive in whatever it was that they went through. But when you heal that part in yourself, would you mind giving us your rating in terms of what you would say your ability to use your voices to advocate for yourself today? Oh, I was nine, nine and a half. When I was in my teens, I also tried to end my life and uh, I was not successful in it and even now you know you think you don't want to go on living but I'm also not the person to end my life I I also knew that so eventually then if you cannot end your life and you don't want to live it like this then you're forced to do something different which is again a huge blessing on the outside it looks like a massive mess right one of my favorite quotes in the whole world that's in my memoir is about that idea that for a seed to become, it has to come completely undone. And for others on the outside who don't understand, it looks like complete destruction. But yes. I can tell that we are we are both aware of that. I want to ask you, if you wouldn't mind, you mentioned that you had an abusive father. 
that forced you to be an adult at a very young age. And you also mentioned that you were bullied in school. Will you tell us how that impacted you and what you were hearing or seeing around you of what a woman or a girl should be like? It impacted me heavily and very negatively. I never felt safe. I was not safe at home. I was not safe at school. The only place I felt safe was with my grandparents and they moved to the same city when I was eight and they died when I was 12. So for four years, I had a place where I could be safe whenever I went to my grandparents' house. Um, But the rest of the time I was alone and that has continued also into my 20s uh, with relationships also. As a child, I believed like all children do, I think that there was something wrong with me. They often told me that I was too sensitive, that I needed to grow a thicker skin, that I needed to learn to let things go, that I shouldn't take everything so personal, um, that I shouldn't take everything so too hard. And when you hear those things and and people call you fatso and and they hit you and they um, do other horrible things to you, then that seriously messes up the way you see yourself and the worth that you give to yourself. So I didn't value myself. I didn't value my talents. I didn't see my talents. I thought there was a time in my life where I seriously seriously thought there was something wrong with me. That I was broken and that that was why everybody was treating me like this and that nobody wanted me. Well, because you believe it. When if everywhere you go, if you're not safe at home, you're not safe at school. And as someone who's a child and a teenager, you don't have the wherewithal to know like no, there's nothing wrong with me. You're perfect as you are. You're going to get to another side of this, right? Exactly. So you have no one doing that for you, which I can relate to that. And I have to tell you that every time I hear another woman's story, that's like this, I wish I could have just sat with you on the floor of our school and been like, fuck them all. And I've got you. And I, we can't go back, but we can do that today for each other. I want to know, what shifted in your life that you got to this place after going through all that where you're like, I'm going to own my story and I'm going to become this powerful, empowering woman. That brings us to when I was 32 and I was working as a project manager. I used to work in IT project manager and I was working this project responsible for my team. I was responsible for that everything went well. Eventually it just came to the point that I was under so much stress and I was under so much stress for a long time. And then the bubble burst when my boyfriend of seven years, one night just got up off the couch, turned around and told me, you know, I'm done with this relationship. I want you to move out at the end of the week. It all came crashing down. I had buried a a really big part of myself, the part that I thought nobody wanted, the part that I thought nobody loved, the sensitive side of myself. I had buried it deep and I tried my best to be the person that I thought the world wanted me to be. And all of a sudden I had all these emotions that I didn't know how to handle. And I broke, I broke and I felt like I was failing and I was disappointing everybody. And I didn't know why it was happening. I thought I'm I'm a good person. I work so hard. I'm always there for people. In that period, uh, my boss told me, you are an HSP because my wife is an HSP and you're exactly the same. And at first I thought, you know, he was calling me a name because he was so disappointed in me for failing. And I didn't know what he meant, but the term stuck with me and I decided to Google it. And then I found out HSP stands for highly sensitive person. And I Googled it, you know, it was like a whole new world opening up to me. I was not weird. I was not strange. I was a highly sensitive person. 
and 20% of the population is highly sensitive. So I'm also not alone. There are so many more people out there like me. I and for sure have to take that test. And I'm, I'm certain that it's it. Whenever my mom and I get in a fight, it's always about this, that I'm too sensitive and I'm taking everything personally. And then I do feel like there's something wrong with me, but it's actually just me living my truth. Yes. It's very uncomfortable though. Yes, it can be. Yes, definitely. Everybody that comes to me and I had the same in the beginning, if you either not aware that you are highly sensitive or you don't know how to handle it yet, then it's a burden and you're burdened by all the negative things. You are overwhelmed very easily. You're often drained. People steal your energy. You take over other people's energy. It wasn't until I found out that I'm a highly sensitive person and that we can take over other people's energies and emotions as if they are our own, that I suddenly realized, oh my God, I know why I could never say why I was so sad because it was not my sadness. Mm. I was crying somebody else's tears, but I didn't know that at the time. And then you don't understand yourself. You don't understand what's happening. And if you look at other people, they just seem to think different, act different, be different, no value completely different things than you do. And that makes you feel like an outcast. There's something wrong with you, but there's not something wrong with you. You're just built different, but mm -hmm. different is not bad. It's also not better. It's just different. I love that. Different is not bad. Will you tell us a quotation you love? Yes. Do more of what makes you happy. Can I ask you really quickly what makes you happy? Oh, there are so many things that make me happy. I, you know, looking outside, seeing the sun, that already makes me happy. I have cats that do the most funny things. And there's a reason for all the cat videos on the internet. I tell <laughs> you, <laughs> they make me extremely happy. But also, you know, when somebody just reaches out and sends you something, a hug from a friend or a good talk. Highly sensitive people, we are not shallow people. We are deep people. Yeah, we like substance in our conversations. So talking with a like-minded person about things that matter, that spark your brain, that engage your brain, that, that also makes me happy. That must be why I love doing this because I dropped all the other things in my life besides my day job and my children and my husband. So like, I was doing all these other things. And I said, must love self is the only thing that I love. It's because of these conversations, they fill my soul. Are exactly. you ready for lightning round? Yes. <laughs> Here we go. Bring it on. So I want you to think of one of your lowest points in your life. Yes. And I want you to tell us what you would say to her right now. If you could, as the woman you are today, what would you say to her that? Surrender to it. Stop fighting. What would 80 year old Barbara say to you now? All the things that made you so upset in the grand scheme of things, looking back on your life, how worthy were they of your upsetness? I love that. What does it mean to be beautiful? For me, what it means to be beautiful is to have a kind heart. It's not your face. It's not the way you look. It's the actions you take. Because for me, actions speak much louder than words. So many people have told me they loved me, to stab me in the back, to hurt me or to hit me or to even try and strangle me. So words, not that much. But actions... Those are the things that make people beautiful. And even when you're poor or when you're feeling shitty, if you, you know, I, I remember one time I was walking on the bridge and I didn't want to live anymore. And I was seriously contemplating, shall I jump from this bridge or am I going to keep walking there? And there was this guy on a scooter coming from the opposite end and he just smiled at me and he whistled the whistle and that changed everything. It was all you needed. Yes. Can I tell you something? Yes. The next time you feel like that, you have to message your new friend Carly in the States and tell me 
And I will remind you that you're going to get through it because the world needs you. Thank you. I will you have to take me up on that. What does it mean to be a strong woman? What it means to be a strong woman is that you drop all the masks, that you step into your full authenticity. And what I mean by that is that you become who you've always been, the person you were before society taught you to be somebody else. And to embrace that and to discover everything that makes you beautiful, everything that makes you unique, and to embrace it with all that you are and to just step out fierce and proud. I see that in you. What do you want others to say about you? Oh, basically what they're already saying. They love my humor and they love the way that I am able to explain things because when I explain it, it makes sense. <laughs> it's true. Enough. If you find out you only have six months left to live, what would you want to do with the rest of your time? Travel. Where's the first place you will go? I think Australia and New Zealand. Mm. I want to go to Spain. Yeah, I've been to Spain. Spain is wonderful. I've seen most of Europe, but that's I'm because, sure. Yes. Yeah, but I, I've only been outside of Europe twice. And the once was to the Dominican Republic and the other time was to Sri Lanka. So I want to see things outside of Europe. Last words. You get one piece of advice for every woman to hear. What is it? Oh, no pressure. Just be you. That's the short version of it. Just stop with your life the way it's going now and dare to be completely honest with yourself look yourself in the mirror and if you can tell yourself while looking yourself in the eye that you love yourself you're perfect but if you cannot do that and i'm betting that at least 90 percent of the people out there are not able to look themselves in the eye and tell them that they love them without crying and with meaning it then contact me and work on it tell us how we can find you I am on all social medias under HSP Coach Barbara. And then Barbara is with an E, so B-A-R-B-E-R-A instead of an A there. And that's also my website, hspcoachbarbara.com. I have the free HSP quiz on my website so that people that want to find out if they are a highly sensitive person, they can take it. I also have a lot of free stuff on my website, free eBooks, free courses, free quizzes, checklists, you name it, articles. I do a podcast. 100% yourself with Barbara. I love it. I'm so excited for your time. I want to thank you for being here and for sharing your beautifulness with us. You're very welcome. And I thank you so much for the opportunity to share your story because I believe that if, if I only got to inspire one person and, and maybe even if that's only you, it was. I've already done what I came here to do. And it's so important to share your story. So I'm, I'm so incredibly grateful to everybody and anybody that helps me share my story because there are so many more people out there that feel like me that have gone through similar things like me. And my message to all of them is it doesn't have to be that way for the rest of your life. It can change if you want it to change. I 100% agree. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please rate, review, and share with your lady friends. If you're ready to do the work it's going to take to love yourself as you are, your body, your worth, and your voice, please reach out to me at carlyisrael.com and we can connect. I offer one-on-one -on -one private coaching virtually as well as small intimate groups. It's going to take a ton of work and a lot of commitment on your part, but I promise to be in your corner. I hope you have an amazing day and I hope you spread the light you feel with others so they can feel it too.